Evening, y'all. Dave here with the Mindset Ups and Downs. Continuing the read of the obesity code. So, I believe we are going to need some more lighting. One second. Not enough light there for my eyeballs. Anyway, let's see. The issue was finally settled in 1977, not by scientific debate and discovery, but by government decree. Okay, we read that yesterday. It's good to know. So, uh, Page 18, it's nutritional sins were exonerated and it was henceforth reborn and baptized as the healthy whole grain. Was there any evidence? It hardly mattered. The goals were now the nutritional orthodoxy. Everything else was heathen. If you didn't toe the line, you were ridiculed. The dietary, excuse me. The Dietary Guidelines for Americans, a report released in 1980 for widespread public consumption, follow the recommendations of the McGovern Report closely. The nutritional landscape of the world was forever changed. The Dietary Guidelines for Americans, now updated every five years, spawned the infamous food pyramid. In all of if it's counterfactual glory. The foods that form the base of the pyramid, the foods we should eat every single day, were breads, pasta, and potatoes. These were the precise foods that we had previously avoided to stay thin. For example, the American Heart Association's 1995 pamphlet, the American Heart Association Diet, an eating plan for healthy Americans declared we should eat six or more servings of bread, cereals, pasta, and starchy vegetables and that are low-fat and cholesterol. To drink, choose fruit punches, carbonated soft drinks, all white bread, and carbonated soft drinks. The dinner of champions. Thank you, American Heart Association. Ain't that the truth? My goodness. Entering this brave new world, Americans tried to comply with the nutritional authorities of the day and made a conscious effort to eat less fat, less red meat, fewer eggs, and more carbohydrates. When doctors advised people to stop smoking, rates dropped from 33% in 1979 to 25% by 1994. When doctors said to control blood pressure and cholesterol, there was a 40% decline in high blood pressure, and a 28% decline in high cholesterol. When the AHA told us to eat more bread and drink more juice, we ate more bread and drank more juice. Inevitably, sugar consumption increased from 1820 to 1920. New sugar plantations in the Caribbean and the American South increased the availability of sugar in the U.S. sugar intake plateaued from 1920 to 1977, even though Avoid 
Too Much Sugar was an explicit goal of the 1977 Dietary Guidelines for Americans. Consumption increased anyway until the year 2000. Very interesting. Mark my place today. So tomorrow, I go to the right page. So today was a great day. I had a long day at work. I am currently sitting down drinking my ACV, apple cider vinegar and water. So, <clears throat> excuse me. I did a study of uh, ACV in the past. I kind of jumped off that bandwagon. Probably just because I just did. Um, benefits of ACV. So I thought I would go over some benefits of apple cider vinegar on my podcast tonight. This uh, article was from Healthline, written by Chris Gunners, BSC, on March 4th, 2020. And it was medically reviews, reviewed by Alti Anderson, BSC, PhD. Not that I'm going to just um, take what this doctor says, but I'm just going to read through it. See what I think. It's high in healthful substances. Acetic acid gives vinegar a strong and sour smell and flavor. Researchers believe this acid is responsible for apple, apple cider vinegar's health benefits. Cider vinegars are 5 to 6% acetic acid. Apple cider vinegar does not contain many vitamins or minerals. It offers a small amount of potassium. And also, good quality brands contain some amino acids and antioxidants. The main substance in vinegar, acetic acid, can kill harmful bacteria, bacteria or prevent them from multiplying. It has a history of use as a disinfectant and natural preservative. That's interesting that vinegar is a disinfectant. I didn't know that. It may help blood sugar levels and manage diabetes. Let's see. May aid in weight loss. Take one tablespoon. 12 milliliters led to a 2.6 pound loss. And taking two tablespoons led to a loss of 3.7 pounds. This is a study done of 175 people with obesity showed that daily apple cider vinegar consumption led to reduced belly fat and weight loss. Well, I guess that would be a perk. It improves heart health in animals. Um, has shown to reduce blood triglycerides, cholesterol, and blood pressure. However, there is no strong evidence that leads to a reduced risk of heart disease in humans. And it says apple cider vinegar is naturally acetic and has antimicrobial 
antimicrobial, antimicrobial, antimicrobial. I know there's a different way to say that, but that's the way it sounds when you sound it out. Antimicrobial. Yes, I know phonograms. I have a six-year-old, so I've been uh, learning about phonograms. So that was a while back I learned about phonograms. She's a much advanced six-year-old reader now. This means it could help improve the skin barrier and prevent infections. However, more studies are needed to know how safe and effective this remedy is. A common dosage of apple cider vinegar ranges from one to teaspoon to two tablespoons, either used in cooking or mixed in a glass of water. So that is very interesting. So I have this book. It's called uh, Wellsprings of Wisdom. And I read it a couple years back and I really liked it. It just has little uh, sayings in it. Um, I thought I would read that today. Just a little random pieces of it. So, let's get here. How about Troubles? Years ago, the inhabitants of a small town got into the habit of constantly complaining about their problems, troubles, difficulties, real and imaginary. It was a secured, sorry, it was a soured, unhappy community. When the condition kept getting worse, an angel appeared, gave to each person in the community a bag and instructed that each one should put all his troubles in this in his bag and then hang the bag on the picket fence surrounding the village church. At a given single, the villagers were then to run at their top speed and pick out whichever bag of troubles they wanted. The scramble, confusion, and fighting that resulted was extraordinary, especially since each person wanted only to get back his own bag of troubles. I guess that would go to show that that could be true. How about a habit? Every night for years, the lighthouse keeper went to sleep to the restless, unceasing, lonely sound of the bell on the buoy near the lighthouse. In fact, he was never conscious of the ceaseless tolling of the bell as it rolled and rocked within the motions of the sea. One night, however, the bell suddenly ceased ringing. Immediately, the lighthouse keeper sat up in bed and startled, said to his wife, What was that? Hmm. Oh, this is a good one. In my opinion. Because I've done lots of this in my days. Let's see. Mencius, the great discipline of Confucius, was raised with great care by his mother. She was determined that he should become an honorable man who respected life and performed well his duties in it. One day, while the very watchful mother sat weaving, young Menesius 
arrived home from school and greeted his mother with all the respect he had been taught to pay her. How did your progress in school today, my son? She asked. Oh, well enough, I suppose, the youth answered with lazy indifference. The mother said nothing. Instead, she picked up a knife and with swift motion, she cut through it's the wrap, hours. the warp and woof of the cloth she had woven. Startled by so extraordinary an act, Minosius asked his mother why she had done so. I have only done to the piece of cloth I was weaving today what you have done to your life today, replied the mother. Hmm, that's, that's deep right there. Have you ever read a book and you uh, maybe read it a couple years ago and then you go back through it and you read it again and you get different uh, different mindset about what you just read? How your life changes? When I read that, it kind of seemed uh, much more interesting to me than maybe when I read it two years ago. I don't know why that is, but that was pretty interesting. So, The Whale Springs of Wisdom by C.R. Gibson. So, it's a lot, a lot of things that have been forgotten about since we've turned to social media, internet, etc., etc. The rarest and mightiest possession of the human spirit can be discovered only by means of a story and by no other process of thinking. To know all this and to have it as your own is to have much. Gordon Keith Chalmers. Now, I don't know if you know, but I don't know who Gordon Keith Chalmers is, and I want to know who he is. So we're going to learn this together. Gordon Keith Chalmers. Wow. No wonder why I spelled it right. I put Chambers. Gordon Keith Chambers. All these doctors came up. Chalmers. There we go. He's a scholar. So, Gordon Keith Chalmers is... He wrote a lot of published items. So he must have been a writer. Chalmers was appointed as an English instructor at Mount Holyoke College in 1929 and was promoted to assistant professor in 1933. In 1934, he was selected as president of Rockford College and then was later selected by president of Kenyon College in 1937. He remained Kenyon's president until his sudden death at the age of 52. Wow. Isn't that such a eye-opener when you hear an age, someone died and you're like right behind that age? Then you wonder to yourself, man, the clock is ticking. But we got to prevent that by staying positive in the mind and staying healthy in the body. So, in his early life, when was he born? Uh, on September 3rd, 1929, he married the poet Roberta Till Swartz, with whom he had three sons and a daughter. 
And Roberta was an academic, a poet and co-founder of Kenyan Review. Very interesting. So that means these two people met at the college and then they fell in love and got married and had three kids together. Oh, excuse me. Four kids. They had three sons and a daughter. So that would be four. And then he died in 1952. I wonder if anyone else in this world right now is speaking about Everett Chalmers and his wife, Mary Dunkley, Maryland. Makes you wonder. I mean, here I am doing a podcast. A guy in Arizona turned 50, trying to have a positive mindset, but realizes there's going to be downs in life. Excuse me. You know, I noticed I was watching Joe Rogan today. um, He has a, a good team that helps him do research and stuff, and that's great. And when also when he coughs, he doesn't say really excuse me. He just kind of coughs in the mic and just kind of lets it like it's no big deal. And I, I noticed that a lot. I mean, I, I was kind of raised with some manners that when you cough, or especially when you're talking, you would at least cover your mouth or, or say excuse me. But I noticed a lot of people that are uh, speaking in public on great numbers don't do this. I'm not sure exactly why that is. Maybe they feel like that they've gotten so big that they don't have to worry about that. Just my opinion. And sure, you could tell Joe Rogan I said that. If you want, I don't mind. Um, So basically, I have a VA appointment. On February 3rd, 21 at 1 o'clock. Reason I say that because I just saw it come up on my reminder, and I noticed yesterday I went online to check it out, and it shows canceled. So if I didn't go online, I would have never known that it was canceled, and I haven't got a call or an email or any type of print that is making me aware that my appointment has been canceled. And today is February first, so maybe I'll get in a call tomorrow to let me know that it was canceled for the second time in a row now. The previous reason was because the doctor had COVID. So that was last month, which is unfortunate for him. And surprisingly, I have not caught COVID considering that the job I'm in requires me to be around a lot of people. So uh, I'm hoping that I don't get COVID, but if I do, I'm hoping that I'm able to overcome and not die at the age of 50. Because that would suck. Because I just feel like in a lot of ways, my life is just beginning all over again because it's like my second half, you know? Which I'm better now. Oh, yes. Yesterday's podcast got deleted by mistake. Let me make sure it's still recording. Yes, it is. Because that would suck. Um, I shared a story when I was 35. I raced a gentleman at work. A foot race at a certain distance. And I got beat, and I unwillingly paid him his $5 that he won fair and square because I got beat in the foot race that I thought I would win. So 15 years ago, I was 35. So Sunday, 
this past Sunday, him and I had a rematch. Granted, at the time, and still to this day, he is six years younger than me. So he is 44. So we had a rematch 15 years later. Give or take, maybe 13 to 15, somewhere around there. I can't remember exactly. Can't pinpoint it. But I know I lost. So anyway, Sunday, which I remember very well because it just happened. Um, age 50, 44, 15 years later, I'm older. I smoked him in a foot race. And this time we had a witness who had the money to pay us because we basically gave, gave him the money to hold. So uh, when the race was done, I got handed $5. And I took that $5 and I invested in the stock market today. Not literally, I didn't take the $5, but I have the $5 that I'm going to invest but I already invested it because I already had the $5, if that makes sense at all. So anyway, I'm going to see what that $5 does for me. It'd be cool, you know, see, like $5, if I could turn it into, I don't know, $50 someday. Great, right? Can't beat that. So the race would actually be a $50 win. Also, I stopped at Jack in the Box today. 172 calories a piece for one taco, roughly, give or take. Now, granted, jack-in-the-box tacos are greasy and fried in whatever kind of grease they use, which I'm sure it's not healthy. But we are going to look that up and see what kind of grease jack-in-the-box uses. Excuse me, I'm moving some papers off my desk. Like I said, I'm an amateur podcaster, but I'm hoping to grow this where I become a little bit more professional. So, excuse all the background noise. I don't have a microphone. I'm just talking into my iPhone 12 Plus that I got for free through T-Mobile, as I mentioned before. Thank you, T-Mobile. Um, let's see. Excuse me, apple cider vinegar which is consumed by me. I'll let you know how I feel. This is day three. Um, so I did 550 push-ups today. What were we looking up here? Oh, Jack in the Box. Jack in the Box. Grease used. Let's see if it's canola oil. Um... Wow, look at this. American fast food chain Jack in the Box has 2,200 restaurants. This is as of 2016, so I'm sure they uh, got more now. And maybe this is old. Let's see. Trying to see if I can find something a little bit newer. Okay, so it says 2016 is canola oil. Now, canola oil is a huge 
GMO product, and I don't. I try typically to stay away from that. Um, that and corn syrup, I try to stay away from. This one's a quora question, which I want to. I want to know this question. Why do Jack in the Box tacos taste so good? And this one. This gentleman, Ray Hart, answered the question on Quora. It was answered one year ago. The author has 4.4 thousand answers and 4.7 million answer views. So this guy's pretty uh, busy on answering questions on Quora. I'll read it to you what he says. It is a deep fried taco, hot and fresh from the oil. The shell is both crisp yet pliable with a decent mouth feel with a hint of salt the cheese gives a creamy contrast this is true i think that's what makes it so good i'm trying to eliminate dairy but those jack-in-the-box ta- tacos have a creamy contrast of cheese with the lettuce something crisp and cool it doesn't matter how close to mexican street taco it is or if Others think that anything that isn't their version of authentic is crap. What matters it is, does it taste good to you? Considering how many Mexicans would come into the store, I worked as a teenager for going to taco trucks, lining the street, and how many real taquerias were there, I can say Jack's Tacos, and to a lesser extent, even Taco Bell and Del Taco, all of which I worked at, were at least acceptable to a lot of Mexicans. Considering they were still doing this in San Diego nearly 30 years ago when I moved back, and all the times visited between times, it is still acceptable. Well, you know, it's like, yeah, you could have left some of that stuff out. Huh. And they have some, uh, this one's promoted on, this is on Quora and it's promoted by DuckDuckGo. What does Google know about me? Gabriel Weinberg, CEO and founder of DuckDuckGo, 2008 to present. He posted this January 11th. You may know that Google is tracking you, but most people don't realize the extent of it. Luckily, there are simple steps you can take dramatically reduce Google's tracking. Tracking. See, CEO here made a mistake. See, it's supposed to be saying, realize the extent of it. Luckily, there are simple steps you can take to dramatically to dramatically reduce Google's tracking. I guess that's not bad. But first, what exactly are they tracking? Unlike searching on DuckDuckGo, when you search on Google, they keep your search history forever. Wow, forever. So basically, on Google, which I'm I'm on Safari, so is that the same as Google? I don't think so. But I don't know. Safari. Yeah, I guess uh, Safari is his own 
Does Sephora use Google? I'm not too sure. Anyway, I'll have to look that up someday. So they keep your history forever. That means they know every search you've ever done on Google. That alone is pretty scary, but it's just the shallow end of the very deep pool of data that they try to collect on people. Uh, this is all true. You know, every video you watch, they know what you watch. Every bit of music you listen to, they just know everything about us. The myth of nothing to hide. You can live Google-free. Basically, Google tries, tries to track too much. It's creepy and simply just more information than one company should have. We have recommendations. Let me click on that see what it says. How to live without Google. Alternatives that protect your privacy. Remove Google from your life. Yes, it can be done. Search DuckDuckGo free. Gmail, calendar, and contacts. Fast mail, paid, proton mail, free, with paid options. Tanodo, free with paid options. That's for uh, email. YouTube, use Vimeo, free with paid options. Google Maps, use Apple Maps, or OpenStreetMap. Google Drive is Resilio Sync or Tresoret. Android versus, and then you have to go switch to iOS if you want privacy, I guess. Safari is free. All right, so I'm on Safari, so whatever I do on my iPhone and my Mac, I'm not tracked, I guess, unless it's Apple, and I don't mind Apple because I invest heavily in Apple. I throw every almost every cent I got extra into Apple right now. Because I am building my empire for my legacy. That's what I'm doing for my daughters. And I just found out I'm going to be a, a grandfather. She's expected July 4th. I think that's right, July 4th. Crazy. That would be great if it's July 4th. Anyway... Well, you know, the way that America is turning to you right now, as far as freedom of speech, your your amendments, I think they're good. Man, that sucks. It almost seems like, like they're uh, taking our amendments away. So, the first ten amendments... Freedom of religion, speech, press, assembly, and petition. Right to keep and bear arms in order to maintain a well-regulated militia. No quartering of soldiers. Freedom from unreasonable searches and seizures. Right to due process of law, freedom from self-incrimination, double jeopardy. Rights of accused persons, right to speedy and public trial. Right of trial by jury in civil cases. Freedom from excessive bail, cruel and unusual punishments. Other rights of the people, powers reserved to the states. So, freedom of religion, speech, press, assembly, and petition. 
right to keep and bear arms in order to maintain a well-regulated militia. What does a regulated militia mean exactly? What does that mean? Regulated militia meaning... So basically what it's saying is this word, this constitution was written so long ago, is interpreting it. Centuries old document, the meanings of words that change or diverge. That's weird. Sun Sentinel has a little article on what that would mean. A well-regulated militia. A well-regulated militia being necessary to, to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. What were the founding fathers alluding to in their context? A context that appears ambiguous and at best as it is wording that contains a misplaced comma or a missing conjunction such as but or and. We live in a climate of polarization regarding a litany of people, places, and things, so why not word popularization too? Again, what is the meaning of well-regulated? Oh, now they're trying to sound nonsense on these things. So this guy wrote a book. He's uh, currently, when this was published, 98. He wrote a book in 2014, Six Amendments and How and Why We Should Change the Constitution. In one essay, he positioned that a well-regulated militia is animally, animally, Makes you wonder, right? I saw on the news that uh, the National Guard is coming in by the thousands at the White House right now. I haven't seen no pictures to see what that looks like. Let's see if it shows some pictures, and yes, it does. Huh. Interesting. Oh, and I heard Biden sent troops to uh, Syria. Already. So one minute, those troops in Syria now were with their family here. And then Biden goes in office. And next thing you know, they're not with their family anymore. They're in Syria. We all know what that means, right? Right. 
gas prices are going to increase. Lives are going to be lost. For what? Today's AAA national average is $2.42 as of yesterday. Oh no, as of today. Sorry. So a year ago, it was a dollar twelve a gallon. Man, I hate when we get meddling into other people's business. But anyway, I got some research to do. And I hope that you guys have a good night. I hope that you guys enjoy my podcast. I know it's, uh, I think it's somewhat educational as well. I mean, just think about it. If you're somewhere and you're bored, you could turn me on and you could learn something. You could learn that you could do one push up a day and then increase it all the way up to 500 if you want. Well, heck, I've gotten. What was the most I've ever done in one day? 800. I haven't broke the 1,000 mark yet. Because 800, that was a long day. But I'm glad I got to 550 today. That seemed very easy. So I'm sure I can knock out another 450 anytime. But it just won't be tonight because i got to be up early. And it is currently later than I thought it would be. It's almost 930. So guys... If you're interested in getting on this journey with push-ups with me, feel free to contact me through Anchor. I could help motivate you. Um, you know, there's always a start and there's a finish. So you could start and you could finish with a push-up today. That one push-up will put you on a trend to change lots of things about your life. I've seen it. I see it happening in front of me with the guys that I'm inspiring. So it's pretty amazing, and it makes me feel good about it. Be well. Be kind. Love yourself first and foremost. Then maybe you can love others. Take care.